get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. many years, Ivan Mazel has been one of the great college football reporters, one of the great college football insiders. And as we approach the college football playoff this weekend, Ivan Mazel, kind enough to join us on Carriker and Smallman via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Ivan with Michelle Smallman. This is Randy Carriker. Thanks so much for taking some time with us this morning. Happy New Year. Oh, thanks. Happy to do it. Well, let's start with the playoff this weekend. Alabama, a big favorite. Clemson, a big favorite. Seven and a half points. Could you envision an upset in either of these two games? Oh, uh, you know, a boy can dream, right? I mean, <laughs> no, I, mean uh, I, I don't think Notre Dame has the – well, nobody's been able to slow down the Alabama offense. You know, a couple of teams almost could score with them, but, but I think this is a once-in-a-generation offense. Uh, so, you know, I don't expect that game to be Notre Dame to, to find an answer. Uh, that nobody else has been able to find. Yeah, Clemson, Ohio State's a little more interesting just because, you know, how do you gauge where Ohio State is, uh, you know, a, as a team? If you think six years ago when Ohio State won everything, uh, you know, six games into the season, they weren't that good. You know, they had lost to Virginia Tech early in the year and they were just sort of scuffling along and then all of a sudden they found the answers. So, uh, how do you measure that against a Clemson team that has weathered a lot of COVID storms and and seems to have come out the other side? It's a young team, especially at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I don't know that Ohio State winning would be an upset or, or certainly a big upset, but uh, it, it, uh, I think that game's a, a little more interesting, and, and I'm looking forward to that one a little more competitively. So, Ivan, if we do get yet another iteration of Alabama-Clemson for the national championship game, which team do you think has the edge there? Well, I think Alabama does. I mean, uh, when was the last time, and and I'm sure it's happened relatively recently, but uh, I think they had five players on the All-America team on offense alone. I mean, when does that happen? You know, the entire Pac-12 conference had one All-American player this year. Alabama had six, <laughs> five of them on offense. Uh, you know, you, you've got a, uh, uh, a player in Devontae Smith that's probably the Heisman favorite that's just been able to change games as a wide receiver, which is really unusual. Uh, an NFL-quality running back in Najee Harris. Uh, Mac Jones has been a, a revelation as, a, as the guy who – you know, he's an old school model of a quarterback. He, he waited his turn. I mean, when was the last time that happened? You know, that that's going back to the eighties and nineties. Uh, but he waited his turn behind Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, and he's, his numbers have been astounding. So, 
Uh, it's really uh, and two All-Americans on the offensive line, uh, one of whom won't play Landon Dickerson, the center, because of injury. But nonetheless, this this offense has been incredible. And I, I just uh, – I think Clemson being young on, at the line of scrimmage, I think that would be the, the telling difference. Ivan Mazel with us on 101 ESPN. And you mentioned Ivan uh, Devontae Smith. And Jalen Waddle early in the season was Devontae Smith yeah. before Waddle got hurt. You look at who they've turned out, though. And for all of our talk, and it's legitimate about Nick, Nick Saban and the great defenses he's had over the years, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Waddle, and Devontae Smith. There's nobody that does a better job of producing offensive players and specifically wide receivers than Alabama. So for all of the defensive talk, what he said earlier in the year was really on point, wasn't it, when he said it's offense that wins championships now? Well, it is. And and what's amazing about that to me is that Nick Saban is a defensive coach, and he's particularly specifically as a secondary coach. And yet he's turned out this incredible string of wide receivers. You know, I don't know that anybody was ever wide receiver you at any point. I don't remember that phrase, but it, it, you know that list you just gave. I mean, when, it, that was the sort of a joke uh, when Jalen Waddle went down with an injury or, you know, in midseason. You know, oh, well, gee, Alabama's down to two world class wide receivers. You know, how will they ever survive? You know, so, uh, and John Mechie is the next one, and he's a freshman and has had an incredible year. So it's. It's really been a uh, – the story of Alabama's dominance under Nick Saban has been the uh, – has been his ability to continue to appeal to recruits and not just regionally but nationally. You know, I, I, there's, there's, it, there's a fascinating tale there of, you know, Alabama going – when Texas A&M came into the, the conference, you know, that door worked both in both directions. Alabama went into Texas and, and has recruited really well. Najee Harris is from the Bay Area in San Francisco, you know, across the East Bay from San Francisco. So uh, it, it's a remarkable, uh, his remarkable ability to continue to bring in talent is the story of his dominance. Mm-hmm. Ivan, I want to ask you about another coach and Jim Harbaugh. Last night, I, I Googled him just to see what the latest rumors were uh, regarding his future with Michigan. And I got three different headlines. Jim Harbaugh extension <laughs> is reportedly a done deal. Jim Harbaugh, the odds on favorite to be the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. And it sure seems like the marriage is over between Harbaugh and Michigan. So if you had to handicap it, which one of these headlines do you think is closer to the truth? What do you think is going to happen with Jim Harbaugh and his future at Michigan? I think those are all true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tend to think he will stay. Uh, you know, he has done. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I mean, that that program was was just adrift when he got there, and he has. Uh, it's a good program now. It's not a great program, but they've done very well. They just haven't beaten. Ohio State and Michigan State, and plenty of coaches have been run off for not beating their biggest rival. But I think in a case where this is a, you know, this is a guy who came home, this was the favorite son who came home, uh, those kids are, are going to class and graduating. I mean, all the other stuff except beating Ohio State and Michigan State, he's accomplished. And given his pedigree, I just don't think 
uh, Ward Manuel and the Michigan administration is going to pull the trigger. Now, he may decide he's done and escape to the NFL, but that's uh, that's also not like – it is like him to leave after four or five years because he's done it everywhere he's been. But I think competitively, I don't think he would give up. And 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 it's and it's home to him, and I think that will count for something as well. Ivan, I thought it was interesting, and it gave me a hint. I don't know if it's accurate or not. When they fired Don Brown and paid him up a million seven to go away, uh, it doesn't seem like if you were not going to keep Jim Harbaugh that you just fired Don Brown before you get rid of everybody else. Well, and that's a great point. Uh, that's a that's a terrific point. And and you know what's interesting about that is that Don Brown was for many years the guy whose defense, you know, who had a defense that defined things. And when offense got ahead of him, he, he has not adjusted. And, uh, you know, maybe you can accuse Jim Harbaugh of excessive loyalty to Don Brown. There were, you know, um, I was certainly captivated by Don Brown. I thought he had all the answers. Clearly he, he, he has not for the last couple of years. So uh, the fact that they did send him on his way, I think, you know, that's a great point, you know, that he's going on and the hardball is still there. Ivan, before we let you go, I need to ask you about my alma mater, the University of Illinois. I was very excited when they hired Lovey Smith to be the head football coach there, and it obviously didn't work out. But where should my excitement level or my expectation level be for Brett Bielma? Do you think that he was the right hire for Illinois? Uh, I think he was a smart hire, uh, if I can use that word. Uh, you know, the right hire means that he'll succeed. And, and you know, who has succeeded at Illinois? You know, I, I've only been on this beat since 1987, so it's hard, you know. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while, I've it, yeah, <laughs> to put it so bluntly, but, you know, it, it, it's a tough place uh, to win at a high level. Uh, Brett Bielema has done that uh, at Wisconsin. He's done it in that conference. He knows how to recruit the Chicago area. I think all those are pluses. And Wisconsin, before Barry Alvarez got there in 1990, Wisconsin was Illinois. You know, It was a team that sometimes had success, but more often did not. So it's possible to execute that turnaround. Um, and I don't know, I can't think of anybody else who would have the pedigree to do it, uh, you know, than Brett Bielema. But I'm, I'm not going to tell you he's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. But, but you mentioned that Illinois was a tough place to win consistently at a high level. Why is that? Because when I look at Illinois athletics, I think that it has the makings to be a program that competes every year in the Big Ten consistently. But it just seems like from a football standpoint, they can't get it done. And I'm wondering, as somebody who's covered college football for a really long time, if you have any insight as to why that is. Well, so much of, of winning consistently in college football is culture and tradition. And Illinois certainly has tradition, but for some reason the culture has not developed. And, you know, I think part of it is its presence in the Chicago area. It may be the state university, but there are other big football schools that are closer to Chicago than Champaign-Urbana, you know, uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, uh, you know, so that's, you know, I think that could be at play uh, for some reason, you know, they're relatively close to St. Louis and they haven't really, you know, 
established themselves in what is a talent-rich area of St. Louis in, in that sort of, this is our, you know, we're going to build a fence around this place. You know, Illinois hasn't built any fences around anywhere. And until somebody can figure out how to do that, then they're going to continue to struggle. Ivan Mazel, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for the insight and the input today. Happy New Year and in 2021. Hopefully it'll be a better year and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Ivan Mazel with us on 101 ESPN, one of the great insiders in college football, one of the great college football reporters. And like he said, he's been doing it since 1987. And he's exactly right about Illinois, because when you go to Chicago, it's not an Illinois city. It's a Big Ten city. There's mm-hmm. people that identify Ohio State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, some Illinois. And Notre Dame. And, and big time Notre Dame. So it is hard to really get a foothold in that area when it's not a true Illinois city. You're not just recruiting in the state there. And one of the problems that schools like Illinois and Mizzou have, and he talked about the tradition at Illinois, which is similar to the, to the tradition at Mizzou. But I said this about the Big 12 Missouri, when Missouri was chasing Texas. Those schools literally have a 100-year head start on schools like Mizzou and Illinois in college, quality college football, 100, mm-hmm. a whole century. Right. And it's really hard to, to catch up and even get close when you're, you're that far behind. Like I told Gary Pinkle, we told him yesterday, and he, he knows this, he coached at Mizzou, they're never going to be able to recruit the type of athletes that Alabama does. They, they're never going to go to San Francisco and compete for a Najee Harris and win against Alabama for that player. Right. Same thing with Illinois. You mentioned Notre Dame. Imagine, mm-hmm. imagine how many kids, even now, well, Notre Dame's good again, but even when Notre Dame had down years, the rich tradition and the the legend playing at Notre Dame is always something that you can fall back on, even when the, the program has down years. And a lot of this, a, a lot of uh, what we're talking about can certainly be attributed to what a bad year 2020 was. Oh, the worst. And <laughs> we want to we hear from you. Use the mic drop feature with the 101 ESPN app. You can also send us a text, 65780. You can tweet Michelle at M. Smallman and tweet me at Randy Carricker. And we want to hear from you what your biggest gripe of 2020 was. doesn't have to be a sports gripe. We appreciate that. But whatever your biggest gripe of 2020 was, you get a chance to voice it next on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.